0: Hey, welcome to Time Enough Podcast. It's where we talk about episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here. Joining me today is Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hi. So today it's Nightmare as a Child, which I um, I was like, yeah, I, I, for some reason I was coming in thinking we were going to get some weird like Elm Street precursor. Nope. Yeah, definitely not. Not at all. But uh, that, that's that's just the expectation I had. Uh, this is one sometimes like I've seen it or I've seen or I haven't seen it before. I did watch this one like several times uh, leading up to here, but um, I'm not sure if I've seen it before. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. So we'll, we'll get into that. But wh- while you're drying your teeth, I'll read the trivia. So it's a Rod Serling teleplay, Jerry Goldsmith score. It looks like we're working off a full cylinder Twilight Zone template with those guys in here. Uh, Helen Foley played Janice Rule while she scored. Did I get that backwards? No, Janice Rule's the actress. Oh,
1: God. Yeah, Janice Rule plays Helen Foley.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wrote it backwards. Okay, Janice Rule plays Helen Foley. While she scored plenty of TV and film work, it seems that her career was defined by roles she almost got, but she showed them all by getting a PhD and becoming a psychoanalyst for almost three decades before passing on in 2003. Marky was played by Terry Burnham. No info whatsoever. So I guess this was the 15 minutes of fame, but that ghost child certainly burns in your brain. Uh, <laughs> Shepherd's Drudwick was Peter Selden. There's nothing in his career to light your fancy on fire, but he did find his way into plenty of B-list Hollywood pot boilers and some TV westerns. I, I'm just guessing the casting director of the Twilight Zone was, you know, like a walk in the spawn ranch or something while it was, you know, still still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that has to be the I mean or the other ranches, but you know, if you're gonna name a ranch, right? I was gonna say that's <laughs> that's always at the top. <laughs> right. Well that's <laughs> the thing, it would at this point it would have been like fully functional, right? Yeah. Like as a a somewhat normal person place if we're gonna consider. Yeah, it wasn't yet known for what it's known for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. You were drying your teeth. Let me bring up Bro, the fang for you. We're all set here. Okay. And here we... Oh, old man computers thinking again. Yeah. Here we go.
1: All right. Month of November. Hot chocolate and a small cameo of a child's face. Imperfect, only in its solemnity. These are the improbable ingredients to a human emotion. And emotions say, like, fear. But in a moment, this woman, Helen Foley, will realize fear. She will understand what are the properties of dare. A little girl will lead her by the hand and walk with her into a nyangy. i can't even do the last
0: sound lip came loose you know (laughs) it's like it's like rod's doing his jaw comes loose (laughs) (laughs) i glue it with oval team yes um yeah so this is this was one of your your personal requests like i have to have this episode so
1: I'll, i'll bounce the ball in your court Okay, so Nightmare as a Child is not one of the most well-liked Twilight Zone episodes. And the reason it's not well-liked is the reason why I like it. <laughs> um, because uh, it is fairly realistic. There's not a whole lot of Twilight Zone-y kind of weird fantasy about it. Um, this is a story about repressed memory. And um, Helen, is that her name? Uh yes, okay. Sorry, so I, Helen, I, I gummed that up, didn't I? <laughs> no, that's okay, Helen. Uh, <laughs> you made me doubt my own memory. Helen, the character, um, I really like the performance, and um, this is a, I think Serling actually named her after one of his school teachers, if I can remember the trivia correctly, but um, so she encounters what we learn fairly early on is her childhood self, like a projection of her childhood self. And there's a scene where she sees a photo of herself as a child that's given to her by Peter, who's the creep of the story. And um, it's, it's like, okay, number one, why would, that, <laughs> why would you even have that? That's kind of gross. But two, that moment would ordinarily be, and correct me if I'm wrong, that would be like the gotcha, the shock moment where she realizes, oh, that was me. But this episode doesn't like care about the big reveal. It's more of like, oh, crap. How do I get away from this guy who has been looking for me because he murdered my mom and he wants to murder the only witness to that crime, which is me. It's a pretty straight up and down like suspense tale, really. But um, for that reason, some people. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people I've spoken to and, and, uh, you know, and books that I've read, too. Yeah, they they just think this is a they don't really like it for that reason. Yeah. But I really I really enjoy it because the the expectation of a Twilight Zone episode having to be structured a certain way, there's no way a writer could consistently want to like a writer like Sterling could consistently want to work within that framework, you know. And there are episodes in other seasons and as things progressed where, I mean, they are like little movies. They don't um follow the they, they couldn't have done it so i i just think because that first season is seen as this like really perfect thing um with a couple of different but there's episodes that i feel are realistic that people really like um one that you and i actually did um the where's everybody
0: Right, and then the silence coming up uh, in the second season definitely is... Oh, God, there's yeah, nothing
1: nothing supernatural in that one. Yeah, so <laughs> It's weird, really... but there's nothing supernatural. <laughs> yeah. As someone who loves short-form storytelling and someone who is one, who does make short films, Nightmare as a Child is, like to me, just perfect. I don't think there's... I mean, there's stuff that's odd, but you can't... If you're watching it, expecting it to be Twilight Zone-y... Um, then you're gonna right away. You're gonna know what the ending is. You're gonna go, oh, that's her, and then you're just gonna be like, why? Are, well, why they is just this get not a- they get that out of the
0: way pretty quickly because it's relatively obvious.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and in in fact, when she's still like not a hundred percent that that guy's the murderer, he comes back and he's like, okay, so I'm the murderer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, I guess he wanted to get rid of the last witnesses thing but my note was he didn't really need to come back that's a bit of a MacGuffin there
1: <laughs> no, so I mean I've heard plenty of criticisms about and I do understand um, you know the, the trouble people have with it and their issues could be uh, completely different than than what uh, you know have nothing to do with what I'm talking about but um, I yeah I, I think my the uh, is the kid annoying? I, no, I think the kid fits in that, um,
0: you know, the, the realm of the bad seed or the mm-hmm. the, the twins and the shining or, or the later Twilight Zone's talkie Tina. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I felt like she's in that
1: mold. Yeah, she doesn't ham it up. You know, it's kind of it's interesting that she didn't go on to do a lot of other things. And some of the ones that are famous for having a, similar performances that are a little more kind of over the top little cornier uh were the ones that kind of went on to do other things and so uh yeah i I don't have a i don't have an issue with any of this in terms of casting or in terms of writing and i
0: no i actually expected to find some information on on the the girl that was
1: playing the role and nothing so except the name (laughs) yeah no i so that was kind of a ramble but uh i just yeah this is seen as one of the ones that uh i guess a lesser episode or one that kind of didn't work and I can't help but think that that opinion is just influenced by what they consider to be, you know, people get an idea of what's a Twilight Zone episode and what's not. And I don't think that's really fair to the overall thing that Sterling was trying to do, which was write really good short stories.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Janice Rose is taken a job here, but it is interesting that she did end up becoming a psychoanalyst considering this episode. <laughs> I didn't know that. That was really wild. <laughs> I mean, it seems like that was her real profession. Like acting was like her lark as a young lady.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, uh, you know, as far as the Helen character is concerned, um, you know, like repressed memory is very real. And having an external advocate like that. So you're taking something that happens in in the mind. This is a thing that's not always translated well. You know, when you read a story and a lot of it happens in the character's head. And so you're like, how would they film that properly? Because, you know, it's got the uh, the unreliable narrator. And so I think having it be in the form of a person, kid or not, um, I think it was a great device. And I think even though it's not supernatural, it is weird. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, the, the twist that never does get explained is how, how her hair darkened that much,
1: but... I guess there's dyes. (laughs) I was going to say she went from like the the blonde to maybe like a sandy blonde and then it wouldn't behave. So she started uh, flat ironing it and then she just went for the dye because she started going a little gray. Yeah, it's the 50s, 60s. (laughs) That's what Uh, happened.
0: We're at the point where I'm not quite sure if it's, I guess, I guess 1960 is still considered part of the 50s.
1: Yes, very much so. Although
0: you you can get into arguments about that with people,
1: for sure. (laughs) Mm. You don't think 1980 was the 70s, basically?
0: Mm. Well, the argument I recently heard is, well, if we consider 1980 part of the 70s, then Galactica 80 still fits squarely into 70s (laughs) sci-fi. I mean, where's the problem? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I think we should, the years that end with zero should get like, like left out of decades. There should be like, that's the transition year. It is.
1: Yeah. I, like, that's, that's how I see it. You know, when I think of American cinema 1969, I lump a lot of 70 and even a little 71 in there.
0: Yeah. Well, there's always the
1: idea that there's like a,
0: def, you know, the defining event. Of that that really kicks the decade off you know like the idea of the 60s didn't really start till kennedy shot and the beatles show up <laughs> before that it's still the 50s so okay what well, in our where the 90s start we
1: were, we were there for the 90s uh 91 i would say
0: no i mean what event
1: made it oh like, what oh, what a, really- what event? Yeah,
0: I, I remember the New Year's show uh, introduced us to the Lombada, but I don't think that's big enough. No, <laughs> the two thousands.
1: Well, that's probably nine eleven. Okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah. No. I gosh, the nineties. It wasn't a. I don't feel like it was a pop culture event. It was a maybe the Gulf War
0: okay that might yeah yeah i don't although we got the portlandia dream of the 90s that's that's certainly that's more of a modern flavor right (laughs)
1: that's
0: why that's why it's so funny because you know in in the late 90s everyone's oh everything's hip now (laughs) history's over as as um the uh, the one writer said uh, francis fukuyama yeah history's over
1: everyone we can just chill now that worked out well yeah no <laughs> weird history was not quite done with us <laughs> uh, what do you think of the guy though that plays Peter? like this is my thing when it comes to villains and and people you're not supposed to initially suspect of anything uh sinister um did you from the moment he showed up, which was randomly um did you were you like? kind of what were you thinking about him were you like oh this is the guy well uh
0: my first that is note, all in the
1: casting and you know in the direction but
0: my first note on that is I keep hearing Peter Sellers but he's no Peter Sellers Selden so I had to get past the name first because I was hearing Peter Sellers and then uh, again I came in like half thinking about Nightmare on Elm Street coming in so my note is I would just assume Freddy Krueger had offed mom him or Peter Selden so uh, i guess i picked that up pretty quickly although i when i was doing the notes i guess it was probably my second view so um yeah as far as my first view um i'm not quite sure honestly my first view is probably i watched it at 1 30 in the morning fell asleep 10 minutes in and woke up what was going on that happens a lot i watch anthology shows and fall asleep
1: in the middle and wake up the next morning like what
0: happened there (laughs)
1: okay well um What do you think of the device where they that they use to actually visualize the murder when she starts to kind of remember things?
0: That's that's not. What do I? Okay, uh, recognize past. I'm 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 looking specifically on my notes for that because it didn't stick in my head. That that's where we have the creepy children song. Is it Mm -hmm. world of creepy children's music? Okay.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. So the the Coco still was not drunk because it was a ghost. (laughs) <laughs> at that point at that point yeah I'm, I'm right here Foley Foley could probably use a therapist pro, maybe maybe Janice rule could do that for her <laughs> 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 so that that is that is that the kind of like stylish effects sequence of this episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't stick it didn't stick for me all the other stuff in this episode stuck because hmm. i um, i like I said, I've been doing several episodes in the past few weeks, and I've really kind of like doubled down on searching for that little analog effect they do or something and in this episode
1: it didn't really stick then huh, interesting. I, I think the reason why is because it's subtle and i think that um making it kind of over the top hokey or too uh, visually interesting would probably not fit the realistic tone that it has because yeah. you know that was a thing and i think this is so smart for the time period that it was made i don't think they really do i mean having her talking to her childhood self um, that I guess could mislead the audience into thinking maybe she doesn't remember what she thinks she remembers or what happened might not have happened kind of a thing. Mm. But I never thought that I believed her, you know, a hundred percent of the time. Okay. that That's something I never thought that she was having a wrong memory. Okay. That never occurred to me. I, I was like, Oh, this is
0: the repressed memory. I'm not like she's imagining
1: it. So right, but you've seen stuff where they do that mm. where, you know, they they make you sort of not trust uh, or the the woman kind of doesn't trust it and the audience they do things visually that make the audience not trust her memory. like, oh no, she killed her mom. Da, da, da.
0: <laughs> I guess that is that little edge to the the Twilight Zone where it is a bit, uh, you know, ahead of the feminist movement because the women in the Twilight Zone are usually like they're not wrong. <laughs> they you know. I mean, I'm sure there's a few, a few liars somewhere in here, but generally they're not wrong. They've just found themselves in the worst and or bizarre situations.
1: Yeah, no. And that's, that's a really good observation. And it's one of the reasons why it still works for me as a show, because you can watch it. And even though it's old, um, they, the decisions that they make aren't from a place of like, I don't know. Well, let's just say, you know, just some good old fashioned sexism Mm -hmm. where, you know, Serling would be like, ah, "They're all either idiots or backstabbers."
0: <laughs> he would have put that in the prologue if he meant that, because he he <laughs> likes to put these characters on the nose. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I no, I, I never really thought she was. I never thought of her as the um, was it the
1: not
0: was it the observer, the not inaccurate. There's a better word for that. Unreliable narrator. Yes, thank you. That's what I was going for. <laughs> So, but yeah, I am thinking more and more like I came in. Oh, I, I was thinking Elm Street and it didn't have that at all. But actually there is a quite a bit of overlap because you've got Nancy in Elm Street, like not quite remembering this weird event from her childhood where, where in this case, all the parents went off to, to off Freddy, you know, mm-hmm. Selden's kind of like a a cut rate, you know, non-burned Freddy in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Although, and, and you know, mom eats it at the end of Elm Street as well. So <laughs>
1: Like now I'm like, there actually are some parallels here. So, yeah, no, Uh, that's pretty sure. I'll take any Elm Street reference, uh, you know, like if even if we have to shoehorn it to make it work. I do.
0: I do have to temper that with the Wes Craven didn't see movies until he was like 21 or 22. So this probably was not an influence, but no. No, but, but uh, I
1: mean, what do they say? There's only like a few different types of stories out there. Oh, yeah.
0: It's, uh, the, I, I was like, yeah, the, the archetype still actually kind of
1: applies. So I was like, oh, that actually does kind of work. So amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's been I mean, there's there's been plenty of movies where I felt like, you know, it was pretty much the heir apparent to Run on the Street or, you know, told that story well in a different way to modernize it. But it's it's neat to see that and go back there. But thinking of of peter's is Freddie is an interesting thing because until your notes it didn't really occur to me um because um uh, is always bad but you're supposed to buy peter as someone who this woman with a tra- traumatized past would just let in the door
0: right <laughs> but if Freddie wasn't all burnt up you know
1: it, it'd be like hell you wear the sweater around right <laughs> i do i do wear the sweater around and and i like some people, I feel like, look at me because they're like, does he know? Nah. Because Old Navy sells what they call a rugby sweater that looks a lot like Freddie's sweater. And I've seen people walking around in it and I'm like, poser.
0: <laughs> no, I just got my, uh, my, my, my Kurt Cobain t-shirt, which has the, the black and red stripes, right? <laughs> yeah. But not, not quite the same. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. No, it's, it's true. I always wanted a Nightmare on Elm Street prequel hope in my lifetime they'll do it i know those copyrights kind of they do lapse unless they create a new something from it that's right. why every every now and then another chainsaw massacre or uh, friday the 13th shows up you're like yeah we got to keep that character <laughs>
0: oh yeah that's that's the um the the that's where the 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 gauntlet for spider-man
1: isn't it <laughs> oh god yeah that's <laughs> like once... the example yeah
0: really um yeah i guess see coming out of the episode i was like what what was the big like kind of like effecty or the the that moment and i was like well they had him falling down the stairs as a stunt and it was a pretty steep staircase
1: <laughs> no next time you see it they they do they do do a cool visual of uh of her like sort of vaguely remembering but it's all like in silhouette you know right, no, no, that yeah, that the like it just it was I guess it was narratively
0: solid enough, I wasn't even thinking about it mm-hmm. as an effect, you know, it's like I remember it happening, I just wasn't like, oh,
1: here's the, the scene. no i I think it would have been a detrimental to the tone, the realism of that if they'd gone any other way with it, like it was it's like just enough, right, now, is this does this have does this dovetail with your volunteering stuff pretty accurately? Or um, I mean, yeah, because, um, you know, we all had a set of and our, our host is referring to my time as a volunteer at the Rape Crisis Center. So you had to learn like there is a set of like really basic rules and they're easy to remember because it's common sense. But the first one is if someone tells you something, you got to believe them that it happened. You can't just be like, are you sure? Or, you know, were you drunk or whatever else? You know, you got to, you got to believe what they say, because that's a big reason why people don't come forward when something bad has happened. Either it's been done to them or they've seen it happen uh, with trauma. They, um, the, the fear of not being believed uh, and the fear is real because a lot of times it's not. And so, yeah, no, that's a good question. I really do. I really do think so. And uh, it's, it's progressive in that way because, they don't uh they don't try to discredit her um the main point of the show even is not the fact that she doesn't remember but the fact that she's then got to get away from this guy
0: <laughs> right right this thing there's yeah it's never like oh yeah you know, you're just seeing it wrong because um mm-hmm. i guess that's um you know as we're doing this the, the second season is, Star Trek Picard's airing, and, and and with Picard as the boy, and they kind of have the opposite thing where he did remember it wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I think the nightmare as a child, um, which you know you I I, did, I compared it earlier to Where's Everybody in the in the in, uh, in terms of like realism, but I really think this one is more of like an, an Alfred Hitchcock presents kind of a story.
0: Yeah, I can see that for sure. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, it is more, it's more, it's way
1: more suspense than paranormal. The only paranormal is, thing you've is. Got, you've is got, the got your, girl, Yeah, your young woman um, kind of protagonist there. And uh, yeah, I just think that, um, yeah, it, it's more in line with maybe something that uh, Hitchcock would have done. But again, that's why Sterling is so great. He could have written that stuff if he wanted to more often well, than he
0: did. He did in the 50s. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that i the meant whole for, thing this, that...
0: for this series. Well, that was the whole thing when he started. People were like, "Are you nuts? You want to do sci-fi? That doesn't make any sense," because <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the thing at the time. I mean, that wasn't the prestige thing at the time. I mean, he was like, "Either I'm crazy, or I got both my lips." <laughs> Sorry, now I'm I'm trying to think about lips more. Maybe he was a, <laughs> he could have been a fish. I don't know. That that's the twist. He was actually a fish. <laughs> They talk about in the distant past, you know, the the Af- in Africa, the Dogon have the the intelligent fishman coming. Maybe that's where Serling came from. That's so why they never. I, I mean, it's <laughs> those guys had the handbags that you see in the carvings and things. Serling yeah. has a cigarette.
1: I'm glad we're having this discussion during season one. <laughs> Just getting this out of the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's barely on screen yet.
1: <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I do. I do uh, admire him. But, you know, we poke fun just because, you know, he.
0: Hey, what's wrong with being a secret chief fish god? That's awesome. Yeah.
1: No, I twilight zone enough for me. Yeah, right on.
0: Uh, (laughs) Let's let's do some questions in this episode. Who,
1: if anybody went into the twilight zone? Sorry, I loaded the question a touch. (laughs) No, I was ready for this one. I think I think Peter went to twilight zone okay explain i think i think that because um helen will now it could be argued that she was perhaps one foot in one foot out throughout her life after this trauma that she experienced um peter however yeah he went down the freaking stairs
0: and he's (laughs) dead (laughs) see the as i say front line question because i'm thinking like you said it's not a typical Twilight. So I'm like, well, nobody did in this episode.
1: You think nobody <laughs> did?
0: Yeah. For that reason? Well, yeah. I mean, like you said, that's just a thriller thing. That's just, I mean, he, you know, that he pretty on a, on a, an, any level he deserved to go, well, not deserve, but well, he did deserve, but okay, he went down the <laughs> stairs and it's fine. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's more like an Alfred Hitchcock thing, like you said.
1: Went down the stairs and it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's, yeah. it's 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 the, the justice system of the the episode is has been completely like meted out or whatever. It's fine. It's but uh, but I, it's, it's Hitchcock's justice system, right? It's not the Twilight Zone's justice system. I guess so. And, but I and, and, want someone to go to the Twilight Zone, and I like the idea that they fell down the stairs to get yeah. there. And
0: like you said, Marky is basically just uh, externalization of an inner dialogue or what's going on in her mind, which you know she's confronting herself, but not. I mean, you. I mean, you could think about young you and have a conversation in your mind. Uh, you know, you're doing that. And I guess she didn't, but yeah, I, I guess that's the thing about repressed memory. It's probably not going to come in a conscious way. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of other episodes where people encounter their young selves because that's a, that's definitely a twilight zone trope. We are walking
0: um, distance for we, we did. Right. And that's a very different take. That's a, you know, like, like you said, the guy's a, a bull in a, china shop as far as it was god that effects. episode
1: uh <laughs> you just like hey everybody
0: where um helen's having you know she's by herself basically thinking and we're seeing it you know like that's, the way it's presented is twilight zoney but what's happening isn't particularly
1: yeah no that's the thing uh and that's again why a lot of people don't like it but i do that's not a character that's not her seeing you know encountering her past self This is a convers conversation that's going on in our mind that we're just you have to have a way to show it. And I just think that's a brilliant choice. So
0: I'm I'm going with nobody, you're going with Peter. So (laughs) that's why I'm stumbling over my words because now the question is, did Peter deserve it? I guess we've already done that.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, (laughs) an eye for an eye, right? I mean, this archaic justice system or whatever. It's like uh you know he's he's the one that murdered so he can't get away and you don't want um helen to be murdered because god that sucks on top of everything else yeah and so this is this I, is I get, closure for the suspense story i guess we can call it self defense as opposed
0: to death penalty so
1: oh yeah no <laughs> cuz he was he was there to to clean the mess up that he started, you know. Like
0: I, like I was saying, I, I've been doing a few of these this week, and last night was execution, which so you know, it's a very <laughs> different relief to this episode as far as that's concerned. Yeah, I love execution. <laughs> um, tripometer, zero to five, trip it out.
1: Oh man, I mean, this is a low one. I know I'm, just, I'm just kind of really kind of reaching to find what I consider would be the the trip part. Um, I guess it would be the fact that we're seeing her talk to her younger self, and it's not the way it normally happens in Twilight Zone. Yeah, I guess so that's the a presentation. I, I would maybe a maybe a two. That's, that's pushing it.
0: That's where I'm sitting. Um, yeah. Like, like I watched. I did watch this episode like incomplete. Like, I, it, like it. It was complete, not incomplete. I watched it incomplete maybe twice, and I watched it for realsies like three times, and I was still like. Oh, I think you need to, what exactly did that segment look like? So it just, if that had really
1: burrowed in my brain more, it probably would have upped the score, but. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's going to happen. Like, you know, when I marathon them um, and uh, if I'm watching them on TV, they're I'm not in order, but they don't mm. tend to play this one. Mm. So I just go with now that you can watch them in order with the discs I do. And uh, um, you know, this is a, uh, I don't know. It really breaks things up really well, but I can't say if someone's watching them all back to back, like kind of you tend to do. I don't know that (laughs) that that particular element would stand out. And people say this one doesn't. That's another reason why. No, what sticks
0: in my mind is her in her kitchen talking to little Marky and her in her kitchen, dealing with Peter Selden. And that's cracking. That has, good dialogue a good tone good suspense tones in both cases that's cool so if if we we had the suspense meter it'd be a higher rating you know
1: (laughs) i yeah no i agree because there's no is this happening (laughs) but i thought yeah as far as dialogue and
0: like you know what to think about in this episode i mean it's certainly solid so (laughs) i i wouldn't i wouldn't be a hater on this
1: one in those regards but yeah no when i was a kid watching it um I saw it a couple of, you know, occasionally and I didn't feel that it was that strong, but as I, you know, grew to, I was a fan of the show. And then um, I re- I would say I really started to kind of find my way into appreciating it when the, um, when I got the set, you know, because mm. well, oftentimes that- I would, I would go in and watch the ones I didn't remember very well. Mm. Well, again, that's the whole point. Cause uh, this
0: podcast in a way, cause yeah. I'm like, well, I got the set. The only way I'm going to watch, that's the only way I'm going to ensure that I
1: watch all of these. <laughs> uh, I love just playing it from the beginning. Take me, you know, several days to get through it all. But I love just starting it up like that.
0: Yeah, I just I never, you know, like I never just sit down and like stare at at the TV anymore for like hours at a time. So,
1: oh, no, I mean, I yeah. I'll have it on the in the background while I'm working,
0: things like that. Uh. So. Yeah yeah. But no I you know what I'm watching is basically what I'm podcasting so I'm like oh, I really want to watch this so <laughs> solution.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to see the whole series. That's a good idea.
0: But uh so what's up what's up in your your area of the the creative park of existence.
1: Okay, so Gonzorific, G O G O N Z O R-I-F-F-I-C. These are the movies that my friends and I make. We're currently in post-production on a movie called Jigsaw. Like Jigsaw, except for Breast. So um, I'm expecting that to be out. Um, do the, so the breasts cut off people's arms and stuff? Oh, wait, you see what they do. <laughs> um, very excited because for the Jigsaw um, uh, portions of the film, which is mixtape like all of our other physical releases, it's got several other movies on it. Um, the score for Jugsaw is a collaboration between Claire Campbell and Bridget Heron from Tuna Bunny. Uh, Claire plays the saw. This is all her idea, and, it's, <laughs> and and Bridget uses it as the vocal. And so she did the um, she did the score for Underneath It, and it is really creepy. It is really <laughs> creepy. And so and uh, but yeah, uh, your the way I use your music in. Um, haunted hotcakes i think um is really wonderful so um i'll i'll let everyone know when that comes out because it was that one is kind of like a there's a lot of throwbackness to it so i went and found a lot of your old music and it kind of goes in order of old to new all righty this one is time enough
0: podcast it's on twitter it's on facebook at time enough podcast it's under the podcasting umbrella on Patreon of Podcastio Podcastius, where we talk about sci-fi films and Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary, whatever, and oral hygiene. <laughs> 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 and and there's uh, some, some folks talking about games. Luke loves Pokemon, and he'll talk about one each week. Uh, some Monster Hunter and the Game Game Show, which is a game show about games. So you can get into that one if you want to and <laughs> and yeah for now i guess uh you, you can go go talk to little andy in the back of the room there waiting outside on the steps
1: <laughs> yeah he's gonna he's trying to warn me about some of the girls that i dated but of course i'm not gonna listen <laughs>